so we had to keep the fish inside. And he pushed me off and I broke my collarbone. They heard strange noises in the night and one of them was scared. It's time for The Appleseed, a show filled with all kinds of stories for you and your family. Tall tales, fairy tales, folk tales, personal and family tales, and more. Stories can help you see your life better. They can give you kind of a picture that you can look at and point to when you think and talk about your own life. They can help you recognize what's good and joyful and also help you talk about the difficult things, too. And we hope that when you see yourself in the stories that we share on the show, you share your own story, your own feelings with your friends and family. I'm your host, Sam Payne, and today we have a rollicking story all about the delight of coming together with your friends. We've had a few years now, haven't we, where our ability to be with friends and family, simply to be physically in the same room, has sometimes been made difficult by the COVID-19 pandemic. But even before that global challenge was upon us, Research showed that people just weren't socializing like they used to, especially young people, what today we call Gen Z. A lot of this lack of face-to-face time was due to FaceTime, right? Or to put it another way, Gen Z, digital natives, right? And they rely on their phones to deliver not only their pizzas, but their friendships too, whether that's through texting or social media. The truth is, people are generally happier and healthier when they spend at least a little bit of physical time together, whether that's in the same room or on the soccer field or even at the same after-school detention. (laughs) We're all in this together. So coming together is often the act that makes us feel good, makes us feel glad. Sometimes we think, well, I might be willing to strike up a conversation, but people probably... Don't want me to bother them. And listen, I totally get that. I'm kind of that way. But the truth is, a recent study sent random folks onto a commuter train and had them strike up simple conversations. I like your shoes. Where'd you get that great hat? Or even, man, a train seems slow today. And even those simple conversations gave results that showed that A hundred percent of the time, at least in that study, strangers responded positively and even kept the conversation going. And those folks who started the exchange in the first place, they reported feeling more energized and positive. Maybe there's something to this being physically together thing. Our stories today are about reaching out to those around you, making friends, spending more time with the friends you have in order to find the joy in life. And our first story is from Massachusetts storyteller Bill Harley. It's a story about a great big bear. The bear shrugged his shaggy shoulders and said, you never know what might happen. (laughs) Bill Harley with a story about a bear who plans a party with his friends on the night of the full moon. And that party was the best idea any of them ever had. The story was taped in front of our terrific studio audience here at the Appleseed Studio. And you'll get to hear and experience the delight of Bill Harley's story, which is, like a lot of Bill's material, a little musical, too. And we hope you sing along. And after that, we have an Appleseed original audio drama full of cowboy hijinks, western comedy, and a little bit of music, too. Now, ladies and gents, this ain't your run-of-the-mill snake oil. This is verified, rarefied, bonafide, miracle tonic. That's just a little of the audio drama we've got coming up later in the hour. It's a Western musical about trust and honesty and building friendship out in the Wild West. And we think you'll be a fan and might even find yourself curious to try Dr. Hector Silk's Miracle Tonic, right? So let's jump in with both feet with Bill Harley and an Appleseed-only invitation to Bear's Party. Once a month, Bear couldn't sleep. 
He couldn't sleep because there was a full moon shone down through his picture window right on his bed. But on the night of the full moon, Bear didn't want to sleep. What he wanted to do was have a party, invite his friends, dance all night long. So he said, I'm going to have a party. I'm going to invite my friends. And we're going to dance all night. He told his brother. His brother said, stupid, 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 stupid. It'll never work. A lot of animals won't even come. Forget it. But Bear, he shrugged his shaggy shoulders and he said, you never know what might happen. He went ahead and planned his party anyway. He swept the clearing in front of his house. He planned what kind of snacks he was going to serve. And uh, he made these invitations to take to his friends. And as he took the invitations uh, to his friends, he made up a song. He decided he was going to sing the night of his party. Get everybody to sing. It's going to like this. Come on out and play with me. Come on out now, can't you see? The moon will shine to the light of day. Come on out and play. Come on out and play. But everywhere he went, animals told him it wasn't going to work. Coyote said, no way. A lot of animals won't come, so it won't work. My dogs, my cousins and dogs sleep all night. Forget it. Bear shrugged his shaggy shoulders and said, you never know what might happen. He told his best friend, the moose, she said, noble idea, Bear, but I don't believe it will work, so I shall not be in attendance. He told the birds, they said they had to get up early the next morning. He told the bugs, they told them to bug off. Everybody, everywhere he went, he said, it's not gonna work. Bear said, you never know. He told the porcupine, the porcupine said, What's a party? He got home, his brother said, I told you, I told you, I told you, I told you it's not gonna work. But Bear shrugged his shaggy shoulders and said, You never know what might happen. And he went ahead and planned his party. He swept the clearing, he prepared the food. He took a nap that afternoon so he could stay up late. And then finally, the evening of his party came. He had an early meal and he sat on the front steps waiting for his friends to come. The sun sank low and then set and the sky grew dark and the stars came out one by one and then the moon began to rise and his friends didn't come and it rose higher and higher in the sky and his friends didn't come and he waited and his friends didn't come and he said they're late the party will just have to start without them went out in the middle of the clearing stood very straight very tall he said let the party begin huh. and he began to shuffle his feet sing. Come on out and play with me. Come on out now, can't you see? Right beneath them underground, the Fox family was trying to get their kids to bed. It was 15 minutes past their bedtime, and Dad Fox was beginning to lose it just a little bit. He had them in their bedroom. He was armed with pajamas. Rather strange anthropomorphism for this, but... Just about had them cornered when all of a sudden the ground above him began to rumble and this muted sound came down through the earth. He said, what's his no what's that noise? His kid said, we'll go look. He said, no, but it was too late. They were through his legs, out the front, out the door. He ran up the steps. He said, oh, all I want is 15 minutes to myself. Is that too much to ask? He ran up the steps, flung open the door, and looked at all his kids dancing around in the clearing with Bear, Bear singing, Come on out and play with me. 
Come on out now, kid. He said, look at that dumb bear. No one came to his party and he's still having it. He's trying to figure out how to get his kids back downstairs when who should come into the clearing, but... Da, 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 da. Forget it. <laughs> That's an expensive wolf right there. Okay. The wolf. Wolf came over. He said, hey, Fox, man, what are you doing here? He said, I'm not here. But his tail was moving back and forth, time the music. Wolf said, I forgot about this party. And they sat there watching as more and more animals began to show up. And Bear just kept dancing and singing, come on out and play with me. Just at that moment, into the clearing came his best friend, the moose. She said, what's going on? He said, it's my party. Did you forget? He said, I didn't forget. I just didn't remember. <laughs> Since I'm here, would you like some help? He said, yeah, I need somebody on the bottom. And so the moose began to do this part. And you guys over here, on the left side of the radio, okay? Okay, you're the moose section. All right, you can be your favorite bass player, Sting or Charles Mingus or Jack Bruce or I don't know. Your part goes like this: boom, 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 boom. Try it. Boom, 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 boom. Bear kept singing. Come on out and play with me. Come on out now, can't you see? Man, it was a swinging party. Mormon. Okay, great. Fine. <laughs> Just let me tell the story, will you? Rabbit showed up with the vegetable plate from a nearby garden. The birds had been in the trees trying to sleep. A quartet of sparrows flew down to a branch right above Bear's head. They said, Oh, Bear, we're here. What do you want? He said, I need some backup singers. And the birds, and you guys right here in the middle, okay. Birds, the horn section went like this. Swinging party, animals, animals. Okay, fine, great. Right. All right, just let me tell the story, will you? Losing control here. Animals never met, speaking for the first time. The crickets and their compatriots had been in a nearby field. They hopped into the clearing and said, what do you want? He said, I need somebody on the backbeat, on the rhythm. Duke Ellington said, don't clap on the one and the three. It's too aggressive. So you guys over here. Here the drum section, the rhythm section, your part goes like this. Finally, the last animal of all came into the clearing. Quite unaware. Waddled over to where Bear was, said, Hey, Bear, how'd you get such a swinging party? Bear said, I don't know, but because of the moon. The porcupine, who never looked up at the sky, had no idea what he was talking about, said, Moon? What's a moon? Bear said to Moon, everybody stop, look, stop. Everybody stop, and everybody stopped. He said, look up at the moon. There it was. It's like it was hiking, hanging in the top branch of the tallest tree, shining down on all of them. And I don't care what scientists say. Some nights it's bigger. <laughs> and he called up and he said, hey, Moon. It's a nice night you picked to come out. It's not so dark like some other nights. <laughs> and the moon turned her face towards the earth and said, Nice night for a party, bear. 
The animal's eyes opened wide, their jaws dropped. They said, Bear, that's impossible. That couldn't have happened. The moon has never spoken before. It couldn't have happened. And Bear, he shrugged his shaggy shoulders and said, You never know what might happen. And the moose said, Precisely, you may keep it up. One, two, you know what to do. The moon will shine till the light of day. Come on out and play. Come on out. One more time now. Come on out and play with me. Come on out now, can't you see? The moon will shine till the light of day. Come on out and play. Come on out and play. That was Bill Harley, along with our fantastic studio audience, performing Bear's Party. Hope you sang along just a little bit. I know I did. Did you notice all the excuses Bear's friends had for not coming to the party? Did you notice how much fun they had once they got there? Just singing and dancing with your friends can lift you up and turn your night around. It's something we all knew in kindergarten, but... Sometimes we lose that along the way as we grow older. If you've got a story about spending time with your friends, I bet the people around you would love to hear it. In a few minutes, we'll sit around the table with producers Brian and Heather and tell our own stories of hanging around with friends. I'm Sam Payne. A moment ago, it was such a pleasure for us to be in the Appleseed Performance Studio listening to Bill Harley along with our terrific studio audience. They even sang along. We even sang along. We hope you sang along too. And it's a pleasure to be gathered around the desk with our producers, Dr. Brian Tanner, Dr. Heather Bigley. Guys, what about Bear's Party? I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely loved it. it, it it's irresistible, isn't it? Yeah. An experience like that is just irresistible. Yeah. Yeah. So where 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 does a story like that take you? Where are you in your head after hearing about Bear's Party? Um, you know, I was thinking about this experience I had at 14 or 15. I don't remember. I went to a church dance. And church dances aren't Great. I, I mean, the church dance <laughs> I went to was sort of a bummer. I mean, it involved me playing wingman to a friend. We're going to go ask these two guys to dance, and the guy I asked said no, oh. which today is sort of like, well, that's okay, right? Yeah. But mm-hmm. at the time, it was just humiliating. Yeah. It was an era when mm-hmm. that one of the unspoken rules, but actually, absolutely hard and fast rules, was right. you always say yes. You to always dance. say yes because, yeah. right, here's someone taking a risk. So uh, they said no, and I was sort of bummed the rest of the time because, you know, I was having this conversation in my head like, hey, man, like, it's not like I wanted to date you. I just wanted a three-minute and I, it wasn't even my idea. I'm the wingman. We're both wingmen. Like, you know the rule. Anyway, uh, we left the dance, a whole group of us, and we're driving uh, through um, Suitland, which is Suitland, Maryland, and uh, we see this big truck bed in, like, a Walmart or something. Yeah. So we get out and we get our stereo out and we put it on the truck bed and we just spent an hour dancing. Just some random truck? Truck bed, yeah. Oh, wow. I- it was like this huge, <laughs> massive truck bed that we just danced on uh-huh. for an hour to our music because, you know, the dance people didn't play our music, right? So, and it was the happiest happiest teen dance moment that I've ever had. I have this incredible grin on my face because in just a few minutes, we're going to hear an entry of the Radio Family (laughs) Journal that is essentially that story. Yeah. (laughs) You have to. I mean, it's nice that adults put together dance spaces for kids, but sometimes kids have to make their own dance spaces, and it's excellent. So. 
How about you, Brian? I, too, have a story about—no, I don't. (laughs) 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 You know, this story for me, listening to it, it's kind of about— uh, trying to attract your tribe, you know, find yeah. people who will be yeah. into the thing that you're into. And maybe they don't even know that they would be into it. Yeah. You know, when I was a teenager, the interests that I had were kind of a tough sell for my <laughs> for my friend group. I, I, I had tastes beyond my years. You know, I was into like classic cinema right. and I was into the <laughs> opera, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and so it was very hard for me to say like, hey, there was not a Walmart uh, <laughs> yeah. parking lot opera experience. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like, who wants to come see Tosca with That's me? <laughs> and, you know, the coronation yeah. of Popea, yeah. you know. But um, I, I was just so into classic cinema. I would just devour movies. I yeah. would just rent them by the truckload, you know, and watch them. And I would tell my friends about them and they'd just be like, those sound kind of cool, but like I wouldn't even know where to start you know, watching those movies. So a light bulb went off in my head and I said, hey, everybody, why don't you come over to my house on Friday night and I'll show you a classic movie and I'll kind of give like an introduction and so we can set it up. And lo and behold, maybe a dozen people show up up to my house. We watch Sunset Boulevard, oh, you know. that's a good one. Which is an old movie, but it's crackling with life. It's oh so gosh. interesting. And, and you know, death. Crackling and with death. life yes. and death. Come on out and play with me. <laughs> Sunset Boulevard, you will see. Yeah. Yeah, nicely done. And it ended up up turning into this film lecture series that I did this whole year. It was called Brian Presents. We did it in my basement while I was in high school. Had about a dozen rotating group of people all the time. And it was so fun. And people have written, you know, people have, like, written me emails or letters over the years saying, like, that was a really important experience to me. Like, it helped me discover... Uh, a taste that I didn't know that I had. It helped me, you know, the way you would break things down and put things in context. Because um, I think with old movies, sometimes it's just like, man, this thing's old. But sure, when sure. you realize, like, right. this was fresh, this was new, they were doing new things. Yeah. They're like, it made me more analytical, it made me more curious about things. And that has been, like, so heartening to me over yeah. the years. It was just like, I thought I was just kind of dragging people <laughs> against their will in here, but right. it's it sounds like they got something out of it that enriched their lives. Well, I'll tell you, and again, Heather, I'm looking at you, uh, 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 Bill Harley's story brought up a memory for me that I'd like to share as today's entry of the Radio Family Journal. The Radio Family Journal with Sam Payne. A tiny little story for you and your family. Right when you need it. On the Appleseed. I grew up in a little mountain town with Darren Dibb, Becky Williams, Jenny Jacobs, and Joel Bryan, and Jason Terry. We all lived within a few houses from each other. And we saw each other at school, sure, and at church, but it was really summer nights in which our friendship, our growing up bond was forged. Summer nights meant, of course, night games. Every night it was warm enough. Our neighborhood rang with moonlit games of kick the can or hide and seek or sardines. That's how it was, beginning as early as elementary school for some of us. Junior high and the group stayed together. Only now we played night games a little less frequently and went to church dances a little more often. Every third Saturday, there was a dance in the church gym for every kid in the valley. And man, did we kick up our heels. We danced and danced. Someone's mom would drive us in a van full down to the church, and someone else's mom would pick us up at 11 right after the last song. And we'd go home sweating in our Sunday best, our dancing clothes, and sleep the rhythm out of our bones until the next dance. And then a few years later, some of us started driving ourselves, and that was a magical time, partly because we weren't even dependent on the third Saturday church dance schedule anymore. We could pull into a vacant lot or someone's driveway or even onto the flat dirt that came before the edge of town rose into the foothills of the mountains that surrounded our hometown. We'd bring our own tapes and we'd turn on the car headlights and crank up the stereo and leave the doors open and dance on our own terms and in our own time to our own tunes. 
We never knew how important those times were when they were happening. You never do, do you? You think it's just a Thursday night in high school, never knowing that the memories you make will be some of the most important in your memory basket, the basket of stories and experiences you go back to again and again as you grow older. And it seems a little thing to dance with your friends on a summer night. But the truth is, I'm still remembering it, still thinking about those days, even from time to time, singing about them. Just a summer night, and it's no big deal. Not much brighter than a moon. Not much deeper than how you feel Just a summer night And we all want to dance Just as wild as a shooting star Just as hard as a last chance For you and me to move My heart, your heart Our headlights all those shadows come on now blow up the pavement and move your feet my feet in spotlights all that one part comes spin us around and watch us go Just a summer night Got me feeling so high Like there's nothing above our heads But the stars in the deep blue sky Just a summer night Someone open the door Like it never will come again like it never has come for anyone before and baby move my heart your heart our headlights all those shadows come on girl blow up the tape deck and move your feet my feet in spotlights that one part comes Spin us around and watch us go The Radio Family Journal of Sam Payne. A tiny little story for you and your family. Right when you need it, on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for that entry in the Radio Family Journal. It's been such a pleasure to sit around the desk and talk about that terrific Bill Harley story and, of course, the things that the story brought to mind for us with our producers, Heather and Brian. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having us. Thank you. There is a lot more coming up on The Appleseed, a Western musical coming up. I'm Sam Payne. It's such a pleasure for me to be with you on today's episode of The Appleseed. This hour, we've already heard some great stuff. Bill Harley with a story about Bear's Party, a story that had us singing along. And not only us, but also our terrific studio audience, and hopefully even you, too. And up next, we've got an audio drama. It's a Western musical, or is that a musical Western? Anyway, it was written by Marcus Richardson. Now, Marcus 
is part of the terrific sound design team that helps us bring you the Appleseed. But he's also a terrific writer and a musician and songwriter. And uh, he was inspired to write this musical Western or Western musical. And we wanted to chat with him a little bit about that. Marcus, it's great to have you. Great to be in the studio with you, Sam. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about Silk and Swenson. Where does something like this come from? Man, I'm a big fan of genre fiction, you know, like just where you see what you're going to get immediately. You know, like when, when you hear it's a Western, you know, there's good guys, there's bad guys, maybe there's some con men in between. I, I just love the feel of a Western. Just that love led to, to this. And how did it become a musical? I, I write music, and, I you know, I think the, the first thing that felt like it would be fun to have it be music was Dr. Hector Silk. The, the first song has this, like, he whips up the entire town into a frenzy with a little routine. Sure. Um, there's this poem by Shel Silverston, Dexter Dixer's Elixir. I don't know if you've ever heard it. Dexter Dude. Dixer mixed an elixir in his quick elixir mixer. It's an excellent elixir, Dexter boasted. Very fine. Four of etc. 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 So it's it's just a very, very hokey, you yeah, know. Sure. And, yeah. and I just realized I love those kind of patter songs. So yeah. I, I, I wrote one and it felt like it, it fit with this concept and everything else. Well, we're going to get to it right now. It's been a pleasure to chat with Marcus Richardson, who wrote what you're about to hear, and our pleasure to bring it to you. Silk and Swenson here on The Appleseed. Howdy, traveler. It's not often I see a new face around these parts. Take a load off. Join me by the fire. It's an awfully nice night. <sighs> You're wondering about this jug I've got here. <sighs> well, it's miracle tonic. Mostly just vinegar and salt water. Tastes like death. But... It reminds me of the man who made it, and that makes me smile. You want to hear about him? Alrighty then. I'll tell you the story of Hector Silk, a con man, shyster, skilled whistler, and wouldn't you know it, the hero of Harmony Gulch, Backwater County. Gentlemen and gentle ladies, you are the luckiest folks in all the territories. That's because today, y'all get to meet the famous Dr. Hector Silk. And if you're especially lucky, you might get to try a sip of Dr. Silk's Miracle Tonic. Thank you, Jasper. Now, ladies and gents, this ain't your run-of-the-mill snake oil. This is verified, rarefied, bonafide Miracle Tonic. It cures what ails ya, never fails ya, discounted just for the day. If this concoction was up for auction, you'd gasp at how much folks would pay. Drink it, and soon you'll be feeling fine. It's only $9.99. Well, what does it do? What? doesn't it do? It's for whooping cough. Dysentery, smallpox, sure, it's functionary. It has the taste of boysenberry and reduces risk of heart attack. Diphtheria and inflamed rashes, scrapes and bruises, bumps and gashes, clammy hands, even off flashes. And for that itch you can't reach on your back, it boosts your mood, you'll wake up happy, makes your teeth straighten exactly, clear your skin of awkward acne, and give you back your youthful glow. Make your football soft and stealthy for the ill and for the healthy. The only reason I'm not wealthy is because I sell it cheap, you know. Mumps, measles, malaria, and pneumonia, flabby areas, and typhoid and hysteria, and wilds when I have made the trip. Influenza, scarlet fever, sleep and aid, and Pain reliever. If you ain't a firm believer, you just gotta take a sip. Howdy, Doctor Silk. Howdy, young feller. I've never met before. Is all that stuff really true? Say, why don't you find out for yourself? Great snakes! I can walk again. Oh, 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 
formalities both acute and chronic. <laughs> Dr. Silk's miracle tonic. Right now, while supplies last. Hector Silk and Jasper whipped every township in the territory into an excited frenzy over his vinegar juice. Of course, when the townsfolk inevitably wised up to the con, Heck and Jas were long gone. Hector was like a tumbleweed. He never rolled through the same town twice. Occasionally, though, he would tumble his way into a problem. Not everyone was a believer in his brand of miracles. He met one of those skeptics in Harmony Gulch. When Hector started his routine, <laughs> It cures what ails ya, never fails ya. Your tonic is hogwash, and so are you! Pardon me? You're selling lies, admit it! That's Baby Swenson, the gunslinger. I know your type, I've seen your shtick, and I know what you're trying to do. You'll turn a profit on some poor fools and hightail it out of town to lie another day. You're... I don't. You're clearly a bold lady. And I respect that. But there's no need to question the authenticity of my livelihood. That's right. All you have to do is try it for yourself. I'd really rather not. Well, miss, I guess you'll never know. How's about a bet, then? I'm leaving Harmony Gulch at sundown. If you can show me a miracle from your tonic before then, I'll buy the whole lot of them. A full case? Your entire wagon. But if you can't, you'll have to pay back all the good people of Harmony Gold who bought into your scam. Dr. Silk has a strict no refunds policy. Or you can just admit you're liars right now and save us all the hassle. Miss, I'm so confident in Dr. Silk's Miracle Tonic that I'll prove to you it's genuine or their money back. It's a deal. But when you fail, you best be prepared to settle up. Jasper, what are you doing? Packing up. What? Why? We got a bet to settle. Uh, heck. She sounded serious. I say we ditch town now to cut our losses. I don't know, Jasper. There's something interesting about that lady. I kind of want to see where this is going. It's going to be humiliating. Probably. But what if it isn't? The woman that says what she means ain't that strange. That kind of boldness is an interesting change. If I could impress her, oh, how I could shine. Imagine if we could be genuine. Come on, Jasper, you know how to whistle. Friend till the end, of course, pending on sending a portion of profits if things go awry. Like the crack of a whip, all it took was a sip. It's new, but this feeling feels genuine. So Hector took the bet. He did it to save face for sure, but there was also something about this gunslinger. Like she was a, a person who knew what she believed in and lived her life accordingly. To a con man like Hector Silk, this was a foreign idea. Exotic and, well, a little bit exciting. Anyway, Phoebe Swenson headed over to the Sarsaparilla Saloon to wait out the bet. And wherever Phoebe went, a crowd would follow. You see, Phoebe was a renowned gunslinger. Folks say she could shoot off a fly's wing and leave the other wing untouched. Well, if it isn't Miss Swenson, what brings the sharpest shooter in all the West to Backwater County? Hey, Sheriff, just passing through. 
And I hear Wesley Lockjaw might be passing by soon, too. You've got a lead on Lockjaw? Sure do. He's robbed every settlement he's passed through, and his trail leads here. The bounty on his head's big enough that when I catch him, I'll never have to touch a gun again. But you're such a skilled markswoman. Skill ain't the same thing as passion, Sheriff. <laughs> One sarsaparilla for the lovely Miss Swenson. Bartender, I didn't order this drink. It's on the tab of that strapping fella sitting over there in that corner booth. I see. Excuse me, Sheriff. Miss Swenson, seeing a beautiful lady like yourself is a sight for sore eyes. I didn't ask for this drink. I, I, I know, it was just a gift. I don't do gifts or favors or debts. I settle up. Got it? I don't get it. What's wrong with buying you a drink? If you must know... When I was just five years old, my mama found a mine of gold. A miracle that could have kept us fed for some time. But a stranger promised wealth tenfold, and to the man the mine was sold. But Ma and I, we didn't see a dime. My lesson learned, I strive to earn an honest living and return. But the West ain't got a single honest man. Play it by the rules, I thought, but play too nice and you'll get shot. So now I don't give other folks a chance. Every smiling face is an invitation for heartbreak. myself. So keep your drink. Miss Phoebe. Oh, Miss Phoebe. <sighs> Speaking of... Oh, there you are. What trick have you got for me, Silk? <clears throat> Miss Phoebe Swenson, I hate to mention that I'm feeling a slight bit of tension. You seem to think I've got a penchant for mistruth and which hurts my heart. But I'm a man of reputation. So despite your hesitation, I'll get you to join the Hector Nation and then you can buy yourself my whole cart. In answer to your challenge query, I have no reason to be wary. I can prove my tonic clearly potent with some simple proof. If you take this shot of tonic, the effects will be astronomic. And I'm not just being ironic, you'll become bulletproof! Bulletproof, you say? Yes, ma'am. I hardly believed it myself. Take this, and you'll be untouchable. I see. Well, there's an easy test for that. You take the tonic, and I'll shoot at you. My aim is never off, so... Well, I didn't mean... I'd prefer... That's what I thought. Nice try, Silk. The rest of the day was a lot of the same. Hector performed miracle... I can see now! After miracle... I can talk now! After miracle... I can wiggle my ears now. Never could do that before. But Phoebe saw through every con. Interesting. That young fella looks awfully similar to your last two young fellas. Finally, with just half an hour till sundown, Phoebe said, Give it up, Hector. We both know your tonic is good for nothing. Why are you still trying to prove otherwise? Well, I maintain that it's genuine. But even if it was fake, can't you see that the people love this stuff? My presentation brightens their day. It makes people happy. <laughs> As if you're doing this for other people. You're a con man. You've never done a kindness for someone else in your life. I'll see you at sundown. 
Hector was surprised at how much that hurt. He packed up his cart and got ready to ditch town. On the way out, he chatted with his business partner. Jasper, am I kind? Kind of what? Just kind. I mean, are we good people? No, I reckon we're not, but everyone's just looking out for themselves, so it all balances out, right? Did Miss Swanson get to you? No. Yes. I don't know. Well, joke's on her, right? She may have won the bet, but she'll have to find us first if she wants us to settle up. Yeah, I guess. And we can live to lie another day. Is that gunfire? Excuse me, miss. What's going on? It's Lockjaw. He's robbing the casino. Wonderful. A perfect distraction. Let's get out of here, Nick. You're right. Let's go. Things were about to go down at the casino. Phoebe was first on the scene, ready to take Lockjaw, dead or alive. Between the card tables and roulette wheels, Phoebe and Lockjaw were fixing to have an old-fashioned Western quick draw. Wesley Lockjaw! I've been looking for you! <laughs> the bounty on my head must be getting pretty hefty. If I get the attention of a famous lady sharpshooter, tell me, Swenson, is your aim as good as they say? It is! Prove it. I do believe it's time we settled up. What's that sound? Whistling. There's a cart pulling up outside. Back up? No. Dr. Silk's wagon apothecary. What a tarnation. Oh, no. Please, no. Oh, whoa. Oh, dear me. Get out of here, you dunce, before I shoot you dead. I recognize you, Mr. Jaw. Please, take all the money you want from me. Just don't take any of my miracle tonic. You're what now? It's Dr. Silk's miracle tonic. I drank it, and now I can walk again. Quiet, boy. And I hear that it will improve your aim tenfold. No, no, no! Don't listen to him. Bring a bottle over here. <sighs> okay. Okay. Here it is. <clears throat> and Wesley Lockjaw was out like a light. Oh, my Lanta, you took him out. Oh. Yes, ma'am. Turns out this stuff is good for something. But look, Phoebe, you're right. I'm a con man. I say I'm helping people, but I'm really just helping myself. I came back to settle up. Well, Dr. Silk, I do believe I just saw a miracle. You did? Yep. I just saw Hector Silk do something selfless. Yep, that's a real miracle. So, the bet? I say we're even. In fact, I think I owe you one. You owe me? Heck, I owe you. Your actions show you maybe ain't as crooked as I thought. I'd settle up, but I could try trust Cause alone I couldn't boil love just plot Maybe you ain't as bad as you seem What if we joined your team? Let's not jump the gun But imagine working together It could be fun Imagine Silk and Swenson Your Colt and my Stetson you could keep me honest I could keep you in line I feel this new feeling Me too and I'm reeling I, I think this feeling's too you
that's the story of Hector Silk and Phoebe Swenson. I usually don't call them that, though. I just call them Mom and Dad. <laughs> it was the first of their adventures together, but certainly not their last. But I've kept you long enough. Y'all better just get on with your journey, hmm? Oh, before you go, care for a bottle of Dr. Silk's Miracle Tonic? It's only $9.99. Silk and Swenson, there it was, the Western musical, or is that a musical Western? Uh, pleasure to hear it, pleasure to bring it to you, and a pleasure to chat for a moment with Marcus Richardson, who wrote Silk and Swenson. You've seen Marcus's fingerprints on all kinds of stuff we do at the <laughs> Appleseed. He's been a part of the post-production team that has helped bring a lot of these audio dramas to life. And every once in a while, uh, he writes one for us. And uh, this was so fun. Yeah, I love that you guys let me do a musical. And also a shout out to Daniel Davis, who made an idea I had sound amazing. He was the one who scored and arranged oh, this. Oh, sure. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're glad you did and glad you shared it with us. And it was our pleasure to share it on today's episode of The Appleseed. Marcus, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Silk and Swenson, unlikely allies turned friends and even partners in that Western musical written by Marcus Richards and Brent Marshall as the storyteller, Ricky Parkinson as Hector Silk, Ciara Hewlett as Phoebe Swenson, Andrew Walker as Jasper Sanchez, Jared Richardson as Wesley Lockjaw. It's been a pleasure to be part of this hour with you on the Apple Sea, where great stories can change your world. We hope you're inspired to share your stories and listen to the stories of those around you. And hopefully you can make that happen in person and face-to-face. The stories aren't just about the events told, they're about the tellers, too, and the relationship between the teller and the listener. We're pleased and proud to be among the many programs of the BYU Radio family of shows. And you can find this episode of The Appleseed or any episode from our archive on the BYU Radio app at byuradio.org slash appleseed or by Googling The Appleseed Podcast. I'm Sam Payne. And I can't wait to be with you again on The Appleseed. Seed.